Maddie McLean here. I am a Canadian in Eurovision, and today I have something to discuss with y'all. So, this week, Eurovision announced their running order for the 2022 contest. They've already announced which countries were in the semifinal, but now they have actually released the actual honest-to-goodness running order for this contest. Both semifinals. Why is this important? Honestly, it's probably not that important, but for stat nerds like me, it's exciting. Why? Because some spots in the contest are simply better than others. Open the show and you're likely more memorable. You're a more memorable song. Close the show and people will go into voting with your song on their minds. Likely a more memorable song. Go in the middle and you may get overlooked or downright forgotten by the time that the voting lines open. Statistically, those who go later have an advantage. It's not a huge advantage, but in a contest like this, where you are trying to grab people's attention, you want to make sure that they remember you and to stay memorable. The benefit of having a recency bias is that it's important to mention. Essentially, the newer something is, the better it appears in your mind's eye and the more likely you are to remember it when it comes to an important topic like, say, voting. Now, Eurovision songs aren't long. They're each three minutes at the longest, so they don't have a lot of time to make an impact in your brain. Add on to this that each semifinal contains between about 18 and 20 entries. That's a grand finale that holds 25 countries, each clocking in at three minutes. This all adds up, and it adds up fast. You want your songs to get in, make a strong impact, and then get out fast. So, is it better for a country to go earlier or later in the running order? Later. Obviously later. Statistically later. If we go back to the year 2000, there was only one country that in all that time, 2000 to 2022, only one country that went early and won the contest. That country would be Turkey, who went fourth in the running order in 2003 and went on to win the contest because that song is still fantastic. There are a couple places where it's a little vague. For instance, there are two countries who went 10th in the running order who won, these being our friend Mans of Sweden in 2015 and Ruslana of Ukraine in 2004. Two countries are a bit more in a gray area, performing in the 11th slot, this being Austria's win with Conchita Wurst in 2014 and Portugal with Salvador Sobral in 2017. I could go on, but most of the time, going later plays to your advantage, and the later you go, the likelier you are to be in people's minds when they vote, and the likelier they are to vote for you. So, what are the best positions to go in with? And what are the worst? It's time to get nerdy, and let's see what we can do about this. So, to those that know Eurovision, we should all know that there is at least one slot that everybody pegs as the worst. This would be slot number two. This slot, also known as the slot of death, has never had someone win from this position. This translates to both the semifinals and the finals. Semifinals being as long as there have been semifinals, that is. From my research, this is the information that I have uncovered. I doubt that this is translated to every regional competition show throughout the world. For instance, Finland this year did have the Rasmus win, and they did go first in that contest, but that's a bit of an outlier. Between songs that go later and songs that qualify, there is a definite link. So for research's sake, we're going to go back 10 years to 2011 and move our way forward through time to see what countries were shackled to the second position, the position of death, and how they fared in the contest. And no, I'm not bad at math. But since we didn't have an official contest in 2020, I'll touch upon it, but there isn't much there to say. There isn't, if we ain't got much, we can't say much about it. So, 
2011. Eurovision takes place in Dusseldorf after Lena won for Germany in 2010. The tagline for this contest is Feel Your Heartbeat, and the semifinals took place on May 10th and 12th. The first semifinal comes from Norway with Stella Mwangi and her song Haba Haba. This song, flat out, this song was robbed. It's got a great beat, it's got a great sound, the dancing is fun, the staging is well done, but overall it fails to resonate with the viewers ultimately only scoring 30 points and landing it in 17th place out of 19 in the first semifinals. And this is just, oh, it's wrong. It's so wrong. I feel bad even saying that this happened. This song is great. This song is a bop. It's fun and bouncy and flouncy and it was exactly the overly it's actually what this overly schmaltzy eurovision lineup needed in the finale there is something to be said here that there is a distinct racism problem happening not just in eurovision but in europe in general that i trust will continue to brush up against from time to time and did that play a factor in this I can't say for sure, but I would argue probably. I would argue race does have an impact in Eurovision. That's definitely something I will explore in future episodes. But as as this was the first Eurovision song to feature Swahili as a part of its main chorus, I do think it is safe to say that that's probably a part of why this song failed to resonate. Overall, the fact that this didn't qualify is especially jarring, as many actually had the song pegged as a potential winner of the overall contest. So right out the gate... The curse of the second slot is hitting pretty hard. But for the second semifinal of 2011, it was Austria with Nadine Bailey and her song The Secret of Love. But unlike poor Stella, this one does qualify. It squeaks by in seventh place with a total of 69 nice points. In the finals, however, they don't stand out and ultimately finish the contest in 18th. But what about the final? Well, for the final... For 2011, we feature Bosnia and Herzegovina in second place with Dino Merlin's song Love and Rewind. True to form, this song doesn't win, but it does come in sixth. Now, this isn't the best result for the contest, but perhaps the best result from a second position that we will encounter. Let's see. As an aside, the winner from this year was slotted in 19th out of 25 draw positions, and this would be Running Scared from Azerbaijan. After Azerbaijan's win in 2011, we then traveled to Baku, where the tagline for this year was Light Your Fire. The semifinals took place on May 22nd and 24th of that year, and as of this recording, this is the furthest east that a Eurovision would be held. So that's always good to know. 2012 Baku, furthest east. Will that come in handy? No. Random trivia, though. Why not? In semi-final one, we find Iceland in the second slot, but dodging the curse, they actually managed to get through to the finals by placing 8th. In the finals, they placed 20th out of 26. Not the worst placement, but this could definitely be better. In the second semi-final, we have North Macedonia in the death slot, but they also qualify. They barely squeak by in ninth place with a total of 53 points, but actually pull a bit of an upset and do better than Norway did in the final. Hilarious. Is it? I don't know. Does this mean the curse is broken? Not even close. But they do come in 13th, which is a decent result for such a precarious showing in the semifinal. So, who is in this death slot of the final in 2012? Well, that would be Hungary, who scores a grand total of 19 points, leaving them in 24th place out of 26th. 
We're going to notice a lot of that 24th, 23rd, 25th placement. So, you know, be prepared for that. Who wins? That would be Sweden with Euphoria. And I'm saying this is my favorite song of all time. Yes. Yes, I am. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that this is one of my favorite songs of all time. But because Sweden won, the smarmy bastards decide to label their 2013 Eurovision tagline as We Are One. Presumably, they missed out a word there, as it should have read, we are number one. But I suppose this way they could humble brag about it after. So who goes second in their first semi-final? That would be Estonia. Do they qualify? Da -da 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 -da. They do! So as of right now, the semi-finals don't appear to have some kind of death knell that we may have been led to believe in regards to the finals not being the winners. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. But when you consider they only make it through by the skin of their teeth, this position, it does show that even when a country qualifies from the semi into the final, they will likely do so in a very low standing. Overall, the song doesn't fare well in the final. This song from Estonia actively comes in 20th place out of the full 26. Now, let's shift to the second semi-final where we will find one of my favorite Eurovision countries, not because they're good, but because they're hilarious, San Marino, sending their perennial favorite, Valentina Moneta. And right now, if you didn't know already, you can actually find her on Airbnb. So if you're plotting a trip to San Marino and you're a Eurovision geek or an upcoming Eurovision geek, this would be an interesting stop on your journey. I know it's on my list of places to go. Will I get there? <laughs> No, I can't afford to travel. What are you? In this economy? No. Okay, how did Valletta do? How did Valent- oh my gosh. No. How did Valentina do? Valletta. Valletta's the capital. No. Not of San Marino. I'm getting off track. How did she do? Well, she doesn't qualify, unfortunately. San Marino has a bit of a struggle getting to the finals, with Valentina representing them four times and only making it to the grand final once. Does she deserve better? Probably. She is someone who's definitely worthy of receiving her own episode, but we shall wait to find out and see about that. It is good to note, though, that she almost made it, but her total of 47 points left her in 11th place as only the top 10 from each semifinal qualify. So what about the grand final? Well, there we find Lithuania in the death slot, and they land in 22nd out of 26. The winner, however, is Denmark with Emily DeForest's song, Only Teardrops, which means for 2014, we're heading over to Copenhagen, where the tagline this time is hashtag join us, which absolutely doesn't sound cultish at all. As an aside, Eurovision is absolutely a cult. Don't be fooled, but at least we're hilarious. Moving on. In semi-final one, in semi-one, we have Latvia, who does not qualify. In semi two, we have Israel, who does not qualify. Mm, it's curious positioning in the running order because this just happens to exactly match the positions for our upcoming 2022 contest. Does this mean that Latvia and Israel are doomed to repeat the same history here? Oh, I certainly hope not, because if nothing else, the one line I want to hear more than anything else in the final is, instead of meat, I eat, you know the rest. Grand Final 2014, Teo is represent Teo? Teo. Teo, one of them. Teo is representing for Belarus with the song Cheesecake. He doesn't win, but he isn't the worst that we've seen so far. The song is charming, he's a good performer, but ultimately the second slot curse does get a hold of him and he scores a total of 43 points, landing him in the middle in 16th place. 
Now, the winner this year is the Immaculate Conchita Wurst from Austria, meaning that we are now going to head to Vienna for the 2015 contest. Also, if you've never seen Conchita's win before, it's one of the most beautiful and genuine expressions I've ever seen on a drag queen. Not just because most of their faces are full of filler, but because there's something really unique and beautiful about her. It's definitely worth a watch, and it's been almost a decade, so Turkey really needs to get over the whole situation and come back to the contest. Moving on. In Vienna, the tagline is Building Bridges! Because why? Reasons. I don't actually know why. It's a curious tagline. In Semi 1, the death slot belongs to Armenia, who does qualify. In semi-final two, it belongs to Ireland, who doesn't qualify. In the final, it belongs to France, who finishes 25th out of 26, with a grand total of four points. Unfortunately, Armenia doesn't fare too much better, as it ultimately lands them in 16th place. The winner here is Sweden, with Mons, who performed their song, 10th, as I had mentioned before. And from here, we are going to go to Stockholm, because by this point, Sweden has hosted so many times, they are running out of unique cities that can host, so why not repeat the classics? Last week, I discussed the love, love, peace, peace of it all, which does fit their tagline theme of come together quite fittingly. That not everyone can be a winner in these situations. And the first loser from this death slot the first semifinal is Greece. And as soon as this happens, all of Cyprus has no idea who they should vote for anymore. However, there is some hope in the second semifinal as Poland sends Michael, I'm going to say this wrong, Spack? Sizpak? I'm going to call him Michael because it's easier. With Color of Your Life, with qualifies in six, with a healthy helping of 151 points. Now, I want to note, even though this has been in the death slot, this is our best qualifier into the final so far. So it must have stood a chance at winning, right? Well, when all is said and done, it actually finishes in eighth on the final night, which is a pretty solid placement overall. This is the first time we are seeing something from any of the death slots so far that I mentioned in the left side of the board. We could go back further where it should probably happen more often, but for what we're doing right now for the death slot thing, we're just going to keep it as is. So what country was saddled with the death slot in the finale, if not Poland? Well, that would be Czech Republic. And they don't do as bad as Germany, but they do do worse than everybody else. That means that overall they score 41 points, leaving them in second to the last with 25th out of 26 places. The winner from this contest is Jamala from Ukraine. So for 2017 contest, we go to Kiev, where the tagline is Celebrate Diversity. An irony that I will touch upon these days, but lest assured it does relate to our racism comment earlier. Anyways, so who are the countries that are affected by the death slot in question this time? Well, first, in the first semifinal, we have Georgia, who fails to qualify by a margin of only 16 points. It's unfortunate because their song, Keep the Faith, could have easily been a qualifier and was one that was pegged to qualify going into the contest. Had it gone later in the evening, perhaps it would have been, but that's speculation, so who can say for sure, unfortunately. Once again, in the second semifinal, we find Austria, who do qualify for the final, but ultimately come middle of the pack. The second slot in the finale once again goes to Poland, but this time their song Flashlight doesn't quite spark the same excitement, with the song ultimately finishing its run in 22nd place. 
The winner, Portugal, was positioned 11th, which is earlier than many of the other songs, many of the other winning songs, I should say, but we will see if this trend continues in Lisbon for the 2018 contest. The contest hosts the tagline, All Aboard, which I believe is, it, I, that's an odd choice, but it made sense to them at the time. So anyways, we're in Lisbon, it's 2018, and in semi one, we have Iceland, who doesn't qualify. In semi two, we have Romania, who doesn't qualify. In the finale, we have Spain, who finishes 23rd. And from here, there, right here, we have the perfect shutout of the second slot. We can see all aspects of this curse in its full effect. So, we know the curses. Where were the winners placed in this order? Well, in the finale, Netta from Israel, who did come out on top, was placed 22nd. We have talked multiple times about Cyprus's Fuego. This song was placed second to last in 25th place. Now, both of these songs did well. Obviously, it's number one and number two. Both of these songs were placed later in the schedule, within four songs of the end. But once again, the second slot curse comes through strong. This time, maybe even stronger than ever. But from here, let's go to Tel Aviv for 2018, where their logo is Dare to Dream. In semi one, we have Montenegro with their song Heaven, which places second last in their heat and doesn't qualify. Actually, the less we mention about this song, it's probably for the best. Moving on, we have in semi two, we have Ireland once again with their song, well, 22, which once again fails to qualify and actually places last in their heat. In the final, we have Albania, who ultimately lands in 17th place. The winner of this Eurovision is Duncan Lawrence with his song Arcade, which in this situation is actually placed 12th in the running order. Not too early, not too late, in the middle, usually overlooked, but managed to stand out. So, because 2020 doesn't actually exist in this contest, we're going to fictionalize it. I'm going to do some finagling, and I'm going to see if I think the second placers would have gone through to the E. In semi one, we would have had Belarus with their song Davidna by Val. It's a good song, great energy, good beat, but tough competition. This is one that may have qualified, but probably would have been shut out because there are a lot of bigger, flashier entries like Destiny from Malta, The Mamas from Sweden, and one of my personal favorites, Little Big from Russia. In semi-final two, we would have had Estonia with Uku Saviste with What Love Is. And this song is, well, fine, but it would likely not have qualified. Since there was no semi-final, we don't know which songs from the first heat and the second heat would have gone to be part of the full finale, so we must simply progress onto the actual contest in 2021. Taking place in Rotterdam, we have in semi-1, Anna Skolik and her song Amen, and it doesn't qualify. In semi-final 2, we want to find Estonia in the death slot with Uku Saviste. And it doesn't qualify. So, who was the second slaughter in the grand final? Well, that would be, curiously, Albania. Again, with their song Karma. The song doesn't tank, but it ultimately finishes in 21st out of 26. The winners, Italy sending Manskin, with their song Ziti e Bueni, was 24th in the running order, which leads us to this upcoming contest in 2022. 
As mentioned before, the two unlucky countries in the slot are Latvia in semi-1 and Israel in semi-2. Does this mean both of these songs are doomed? Not necessarily, but only time will tell if this will play a factor in the voting going forward. What I do find most striking about this that that are of all of these 40 plus countries that partake in the international contest, it seems that a select few countries seem destined for the slot of death over and over again from the past 10 years. We have seen countries pop up in these places multiple times. Ireland appeared in them twice. Poland was there twice, Estonia technically three times, Belarus twice, although now they'd probably be lucky to be in the contest at all anymore. So does this mean that some countries are just naturally unlucky or are these songs deliberately placed there to tank their chances of success? Now there's a lot to unpack there, I don't think the EBU is deliberately trying to sabotage certain countries' chances, or to make it so that some countries end up in the bottom more than others. I do think that song quality has something to do with it. Also, the essentially tone of the song, if a song is slower, or if a song quote-unquote too different, you want to make sure that it still fits with the rest of the show. So, with all this in mind, and while we look into the upcoming show, why are Latvia and Israel slotted into these positions? Well, Latvia is following a very strong entry with Albania and their song Secret, and they have gained quite a bit of pre-show buzz built up with this controversial lyrical choices, especially online in the social media landscape. Is their placement here deliberate in an attempt to knock them out of the contest? Are they placed earlier in hopes that people won't remember the lyrical content by the time the final performers leave the stage? I have my doubts. I have no doubts in my mind that this placement is a very deliberate attempt to skirt that, to skirt the entry in an attempt to not ruffle feathers for the majority of Europe. Now, will this approach work? I don't know, I'm not psychic, but their placement here does lead me to believe that this is a song that they do not want to see in the finale, which is really a shame. The song itself is well-paced, well-done, and funky. It's underrated, and a lot of people are only looking at it for its hilarical musical, its hilarical lyrical content instead of its impressive and varied musical content. Now, will this attempt to bump Latvia out work? I don't know. But it really is a shame. The song itself is something that should stand a chance. So hopefully we do have the chance to see it do exactly what they can do, not just in the semis, but also in the finale. Now, Israel is in a similar situation. This song has, by and large, failed to garner a lot of attention, despite it checking many of the boxes for what would make a good, sassy, gay romp song. Is it because it's too gay? Is that a line that can even exist within the realm of Eurovision? There's no doubt here that RuPaul's Drag Race has played an influence on this type of song getting more public appeal, but does that mean that this song doesn't have a chance? Well, next time I'm going to look into this further as I explore the world of gayness within Eurovision and what will likely look like in the future. Until next time, my name is Maddie McLean. I am a Canadian in Eurovision. If you want to let me know what you think, or you can find me online at The Big Shabam with an I, and feel free to check out my art and clothing at the website www.onechicgeek.com. Till next time, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening, and y'all have a good time.